Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Dream Reality, New Earth Radio, empowering you to remember the choice is yours. I'm your host, Dr. Dream, and this is our co-host, Ilya Nabutovsky. And now, on with the show. everyone this is Dr. Dream and I am coming to you from just outside of San Jose, Costa Rica in Central America and my co-host this evening are you with us? Well, thought that he was with us, Ilya Nabatovsky should be coming to us live at some point from the Dream Studios in Southern California. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see if we can actually hear him. I'm not quite hearing him yet, but uh, we have uh, an exciting show tonight. And uh, you know, technology—it's interesting. We're dealing with whatever little glitch uh, we're dealing with at the moment. But, uh, oh, here we go. Let's see if this is, Ilya, are you with us? Hey, can you hear me? (laughs) Yes, can definitely hear you now. (laughs) Awesome. Yes, we did it. (laughs) I love it. You know, it, it, it would take a lot more than thousands of miles across, uh, several different countries and, um, all of this to uh, get in the way of uh, what we're here to do, wouldn't it? That's right. Um, no matter where we are, we're always connected. No matter where we are, we're always right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is, uh, what do we have here? This is our second? Third one. No, third. third. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The whole linear time thing is uh, getting more and more confusing for me. This is our our third Dream Reality New Earth radio broadcast, and uh, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. um, Ever since we started this, we've been just on a roll, and every week, um, you know, I look forward to it, and this week is no different, and I'm really looking forward um, to having our special co-host um, this week, and the just what we're going to be talking about is an absolute treat, so I'm excited for this. Now, uh, we have a little bit of history with, uh, with our, um, our <laughs> I don't know what the heck to call him, co-host, with our buddy who's going to be joining us tonight. Yeah, um, actually, myself and... Uh, our friend Neil, we were uh, doing an event in Orange County, and we invited uh, him to speak, um, and we invited you to speak with him as well um, at the same event, 
and you guys didn't know each other and you had no idea what he was going to talk about and he didn't know what you were going to talk about. But it just so happened that, um, you know, after the event was over, there were just so many synchronicities that, I mean, it was just incredible to me to, to watch it all unfold. Yeah, I got to tell you, uh, my first contact with Mike, I wondered why you guys had, had booked us together. And it became ever so clear to me as the program unfolded that particular evening that um, even on the surface level, we were meant to connect. But on the deeper or higher levels, however you look at uh, what goes on in the, the cosmos that brings us all together, we were most definitely meant to connect. And then... Uh, in December of this past year, we did we did a big event up in uh, up in Ojai. Yeah, and we um, go ahead. It was for the the lunar eclipse, and it was quite the spectacular evening. And uh, we took the opportunity that night to to really feature Mike. Yeah, we had Mike uh, come down or come up rather north. Um, from uh, Redondo Beach where he's at, and um, he gave a, an amazing uh, lecture on the physics of metaphysics, and then, of course, we did the Galactivation, which was uh, perfectly uh, in alignment with everything that was going on with the lunar eclipse and just with the shift in general. So so Mike was kind of foreplay that night, we could say almost. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I would say that um, all the experiences there were just so beyond <laughs> amazing that foreplay is, you know, doesn't even hit the surface. <laughs> so it was like there were several main events that night, uh, and I did. I wasn't meaning to take anything away from him. And of course, I have him on mute right now, so uh, <laughs> I'm feeling a little sense of, um, you know, control. Um, and so. This this would be the time to to do a, a formal introduction. Our our uh, co-host or guest this evening uh, certainly gracing us once again with his his presence, which um, is just as large as life, and um, we're loving it. In our in our third broadcast is Mike Barra. He is a New York Times best-selling author. Um, and uh, I'm not going to get into a big introduction. I've got all these papers and all sorts of things in front of me about Mike, and, and I could go on for the length of the show uh, about him. But I, I think it's I think it's better for us to just dive right in and, and introduce Mike Bear. Mike, are you with us? Um, yes, I am. Can you hear me? <laughs> Absolutely. Loud and right. clear. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Mark, I'm your guest, okay? Ilya is your co-host. I'm your guest. It's not that complicated. Don't overcomplicate it. That's all you I know, am. I'm just your guest. I'm on here to entertain the troops tonight. That's all I'm here for. But you are you are by far just a guest, Mike. Um, and uh, I appreciate that. You know, we like to have a little fun, and we we like sort of that equality thing. And also, um, by by us referring to you as co-host, if the show absolutely flops for any particular reason, you get thirty three percent thirty three percent of the claim. Yeah, I like that. And that's yeah, that's covering your bases for sure. Yeah, that's what we do here on Dream Reality New Earth Radio. Well, welcome. 
welcome to the broadcast tonight. Now, um, I want you to fill us in a little bit. I was going to do the filling in, and I thought, no, I, want, I want Mike to do this. I, I want you to sort of build up to where you've been. And and I, I already sort of laid the groundwork, New York Times bestselling author, um, and 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 what brings you here right now, and what do you have going, and and uh, that's going to give us um, a little bit of a dive in point um, because your your background is a little different. Um, I guess it is for all of us from from where we're at in the moment. Yeah, um, I kind of started life as an aerospace engineer, um, so I was just, you know, basically working for the military-industrial complex, <laughs> but I always had an interest in interesting, you know, different things, paranormal stuff, uh, a little bit of spirituality over the years, and um, that was an interest, unfortunately, I don't think my, my previous wife really shared, and, you know, as I began to sort of grow as a person, I got in touch with different people, um, for instance, Richard C. Hoagland, who I wrote a book with in 2007. Uh, that was called Dark Mission, The Secret History of NASA, and it was a very kind of intense conspiracy theory um, <clears throat> about all the different things NASA has been hiding for the last 50 years or so on the moon and on Mars, and that was very successful. It was on the New York Times bestseller list for about six weeks. We did really well with it, and um, and that was fine, but I kind of, you know, as I evolved and things began to shift for me, I, you know, wanted to do something different, and I kind of became less enamored with the real, um, I guess, negative aspects of the conspiracy movement, which I was a part of. And it's not that I don't believe in these things anymore. I just don't necessarily want to spend all my time in that energy. And Hallelujah. Then, uh, yeah. And then like November of 2009, I had a really profound spiritual experience. And it, it really, uh, I, I found out later that that specific moment, literally, that I was having this experience was uh, a shift in consciousness as marked by the Mayan calendar, at least through the interpretations of a Dr. Carl Johan Kalman, who I, I find fascinating. And I went back and, you know, I kind of went, holy crap, all this Mayan calendar stuff is actually real. And I began to dig into it more and more, and I realized that that um, an alternative theory of physics that was out there called hyperdimensional physics, which is really Richard Hoagland's theory, and that we talked about in Dark Mission, completely lined up with the things, the, the the sort of spiritual growth and the timing that Kalaman was talking about. And I realized that the Mayan calendar was set to this physics and that made me understand that the Mayans must have really understood that we there are higher dimensions, higher realms, and that we're connected to them. Um, and you know, then I brought in the Egyptians and the Vedas as I started to do more research. And out of all this information, um, I wrote my second book, which is called The Choice. Uh, the subtitle is Using Conscious Thought and Physics of the Mind to Reshape the World. But basically, it's The Choice by me, Mike Barra. And I came out in, in October of this year, or sorry, of 2010. And, um, you know, it's been doing really well, and that's how we found each other. Was um, I was in the pre-publishing phase of, uh, of the Choice World Tour when, uh, when we met. So that's kind of what brought me here. Now, you've, you've kind of, from, from the moment I met you, you've kind of blown me away. Um, you know, when I first heard about you and your work with, um, with Hoagland, I thought, you know, I, this, this isn't my world. I mean, you know, the, the umbrella company for what I've done uh, for the last 14 years of my life is called It's All Good Companies. I mean, I, I right. was never ready to buy into any of the conspiracy stuff. And I thought, oh, no, this is... This is these guys that have have teamed me up with with Mike Barra have really uh, they they've missed 
they've missed it this time. But um, I was pretty blown away that evening, and you continue to um, really impress me and and resonate with with where I'm at and what's going on and your book. Now I I've got to just this one time be tell the truth. <laughs> no, we are in the age of transparency, so I will lay this out on the table. I I bought your book today. Oh. Oh, well, because there's another I, buck and a half coming my way. Right, well, I, I guess, Mike, after everything, I just figured that um, I'd be getting a signed copy of your book. But well, anyway, you know, it never happened. And uh, so today, uh, sitting here in, in Costa Rica, uh, I thought, you know, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to keep waiting for the book. I'm just going to go ahead. And I, I went on right. to Amazon.com and... Uh, I, I, I've got a Kindle, and so I was thrilled that um, that it's it has a Kindle edition, mm-hmm. and um, it was I think eleven ninety nine, and um, I, I said, you know what, Mike Bear of all people that I know is worth twelve dollars from me for sure, <laughs> and so I purchased the book, and the message that came through right after I purchased it was, we notice you're not buying the book from the United States, and the country you're buying the book in. It's only nine ninety nine. The Kindle oh, edition. Oh, hey! That's so excellent. maybe you're only getting like a dollar twenty nine. No, I better not come out of my cut. That's all I have to say. <laughs> um, but, well, you know, Mark. Look, first of all, let me apologize. But you know, what people don't understand with publishing. I mean, I had an interview last night with a guy I've never met, and he wanted a free copy of the book. And they think you get a million free copies. You don't. You get like twenty. And those all went out to friends and family, and all the other ones uh, I have to pay for. Now, granted, I get a discount, but I do have to pay for them. And it's just one of those things where it kind of just slipped through um, my fingers. I think I had several copies with me um, in Ohio, and you should have just pinned me down then, and I would have been glad to give you one. But, you know, I just wanted to let you know it wasn't – it just kind of slipped through the cracks. And, and now, me, it's, no, it's not that I don't love you, Mark. It's I have to put something out there. Mike, I've been um, since I met you. I've been uh, paying attention to your 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 Facebook page. I, I don't really have stalker status with you, but every once in a while, I I pop on over to your Facebook page, and I would imagine that there are um, 19 lovely women out there with signed copies of your book, and then possibly your brother or your mother as the other of the 20 copies. Oh, my mom didn't get a signed copy. Are you kidding? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, Mark. But we're but you know we're spending a lot of time on my personal life. Why don't we focus instead on what we wanted to talk about tonight? Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mike. Shift, quickly shifting gears. No, no, um, that's not entirely true. It, it, it but it's close. So, talk to me. The um, you talk about the physics of metaphysics, and so right. What exactly does this mean? And 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 specifically you know what i want to know because i've heard you speak um already about uh about the choice you know mm-hmm. since i saw you last some really huge things have happened earth changes um even in the foreword of your book um you say that there there might be you know earthquakes beyond anything we could ever imagine um mm-hmm. as a possibility of what could happen well some of this has come about so i i, I want you to you know sort of touch in on on that, there seems to be a little um, foreshadowing there uh, as I was reading today. 
Yeah, and again, we're right. Or again, we're right in synchronization. That's really what I wanted to talk about tonight. Which is that's if you remember what I said in Ojai, is I said, look, you know, from this point forward, from this eclipse that was taking place, this alignment of the the sun and the earth and the moon, you know, which was on December twenty first, twenty ten, exactly two years to the moment before the Mayan calendar long count cycle ends. You know, on the, the big December twenty first, twenty twelve date that we all know about. Um, I said, you know, things are going to get weird and things are going to start to happen from this point forward because that was also marking the next phase in, in the calendar according to Kalaman's Cal- wave theory where we're coming from the, the sixth night into the seventh day of this phase of the calendar and during the day is when all the action starts to happen. So right after that, within a few months now, um, when the, really right after that we had the WikiLeaks thing and from WikiLeaks sprung these rebellions because there were things in the WikiLeaks documents that people found on the internet, the sort of global consciousness that we've, physical consciousness we've now created that, you know, about their governments that infuriated them and that was a big part of what happened in Egypt and Tunisia and now, you know, the whole Middle East is on fire um, so all that shift is happening and yeah, then we also had um, a very, two very significant dramatic earthquakes, one in New Zealand and then followed by one about a month later, you know, in Japan. And I don't mean to get too nervous here, but there was a major fish kill here in Redondo Beach where I live, and that's, um, that's kind of a precursor to, precursor to some new earthquakes. So, um, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know if the next one's going to be in the United States, but it's weird. It seems like the earthquakes are kind of going in a clockwise motion around the Pacific plate. So all these things are happening. It's all connected to this, this shift in reality. And, you know, it's hard for me to really speculate about what the earthquakes are. Part of it could be could be that those of us that are in fear of the shift and the change are resisting and that fear is, is being expressed as these violent shakings of the earth or it could it could be that um you know this is just part of the earth releasing this extra energy it's getting filled up with by this pulse of energy from the center of the galaxy which which happens when we come into alignment you know right around December 21st every year so um, those are some of the things we talked about in Ojai and uh, some of the things that are in my book, you know, in The Choice and on my website um, and my YouTube uh, channel and stuff. So, you know, I think it all lines up. And the interesting thing that people – I want people to know um, that's really important is that this is all happening because this is what we're choosing. And it's really important that we appreciate that, you know, we're, we're the ones who are deciding how this is all going to come out. Now, now tell me, Mike. I mean, your your background is really more scientific than you know. Hey, listen, we've got powerful minds, and and we're able to make a choice here. What? How, right. how do you get to that place? Well, you know, actually, my my background is engineering, which is even more practical than physics, because that's these we're the ones that take the theoretical ideas and actually make them into something that that works and does something mechanical. Um, and how you get there is you kind of take the journey I took where, you know, you realize that these things are all connected. Um, uh, you know, I, I've always understood that the, the modern theories of physics, quantum physics, Einstein and relativity, Newton's laws of motion, these are all wrong. And they've been, they've been wrong for quite some time. And there's lots of experiments that are out there that prove that they're wrong. Likewise, you know, um, as we talked about, as I talked to you about the first time we met and then later in Ojai, there's a whole bunch of other experiments that prove that there's this sort of, 
interconnecting ether is what they used to call it back in the old days between all of us. So that energy field that's around everybody has to be a two-way street. It can't just be a one-way street because we've all probably had the experience. You know, people in your audience are probably familiar with setting something in motion through their wishes or their dreams, you know, and having Mm -hmm. it come true. Uh, maybe not exactly in the form that they put out, but having it basically come true. And so once I realized it was a two-way street, you know, I began to understand that this this apocalypse that we're going to go through, and by the way, apocalypse does not mean calamity, catastrophe, the end of the world. It just means revelation and the lifting of a veil. That's literally what the Greek word means. Um, and that simple lifting of the veil is going to shake everything at, to its foundations, just like the earthquake did. Um, but, you know, we're in the middle of this apocalypse, and what I realized is, hey, the apocalypse is not something that happens to you. It's something you actively participate in. And it's, I think it's real important then for, at least I felt compelled, to get out and start telling people, hey, you know, this, we're not victims. And again, that's another thing where I didn't really fit in with the conspiracy crowd anymore because they're all about, well, they know everything, and they have all these weapons, and they have all this power, and we don't have anything, and unless they give it to us, you know, we're never going to have anything, and that's just so powerless. So I'm trying to convince people that we are not powerless to control the outcome of these events, that we are, in fact, in charge, and what we're getting is kind of what we're putting out, which I know goes right back to, to your dreams and the things you talk about. So I love it. I love it. Now, you know, there's there's been a lot of um, conspiracy theories that have actually come out about the earthquake, so where I mean I don't want to get too much into this uh, because I shouldn't ask anything that I don't know exactly how you're going to answer. Right. right. <laughs> but um I I guess I am interested in your take on this. It's that's been a little disturbing to me to to read how people are really like wanting to attach themselves to this. Yeah, no, I think that's nonsense. I think this is this is part of this transitional period we're going through. It probably has a lot more to do with our energetic state of mind um, as a people right now and with the simple fact that the Earth does have physical responses to the energy fields that we pass through and that pass through us. Um, I've read that stuff. It happens every time. This appears to be, you know, I, I think it, it, I would say it's a lot more likely it's connected to the really big solar flare that happened a day or two before that it was, you know, as I point out in, the, in my book, in The Choice, I, I tell people that, you know, these solar, this solar activity, these solar flares are all based on the geometry of the planets of the solar system, which really hold the true energy um, in the solar system. And I would say it's far more likely connected to that than it is to, you know, the Russians setting off an earthquake bomb in, in Japan. Um, you know, there are people, Mark, that talk about the conspiracy people. There are people that are convinced that, you know, that there's this evil cabal that wants to wipe out the population of the Earth down to 500 million or something. And that's – there probably are some people out there that would that do find that idea desirous, uh, most of them Democrats. But um, – <laughs> sorry, that one in there. But, um, you know <laughs> – but you know, I mean, if if this was something that was that was artificial, I mean, the death the, the death total looks like it's going to be about twenty five thousand at this point, okay, and may, maybe a little higher than that. Um, it's a country of one hundred and thirty million people. There are seven billion people on the planet. If this is the way they're going to do it, they're they're not they're doing a crappy job of it, you know, because not enough people are being killed by this stuff. So I don't believe that it's connected to some grand conspiracy to. To, to depopulate the human race. That just doesn't make any sense. There'd be, there'd be, I guess, better ways to do that if you were going to try to do that. Um, 
And it just seems really obvious to me that it's connected more, I think, to the energy um, of us as a people right now um, than it is to than it is to any you know grand design. Um, there are conspiracy theories out there. You know, I mean, I, I think that there are some that are valid. Um, for instance, what they're really not telling you about the real reason why we want to go into Libya is because of all the gold that Muammar Gaddafi has. He has um, thousands and thousands of tons of gold, and that's really what everybody's after. That's what you know the the, the Clinton Obama Bush alignment is is really after is the gold that he has uh, because you know all the fiat currencies in the world are kind of collapsing. So. That's part of the shift and part of the change. These conspiracy theories are inevitably a part of it, but one thing that's really important that I talk about in the book is to appreciate that all of the things that these people do to maintain the status quo, they will, the physics says, the physics and the astronomy and the astrology says, they will invariably make the wrong choices. And these these hierarchies and structures that they have you know, placed themselves at the top of will will come down anyway. So it doesn't really matter what the bad guys do at this point. And that's another thing I'm trying to get people to understand. You know, just just understand the transition is going to happen and let's get prepared for it and decide how we want it to come out. Is that a long enough answer for you? Yeah, that was was a great answer. Give me plenty of time to prepare this next question. Okay, all right. Um, Sorry, guys, but I I do kind of suck the air out of a room sometimes. <laughs> I love your energy in a room. Um, here's the thing, Mike. Uh, a, a lot of people that are going to listen to this or are listening right now um, maybe haven't read your book. Um, right. Actually, I just started myself. But, um, you know, I, I've heard you speak, um, you know, several times. And, and give us a little more of, of the background Really, how all this works? I mean, um, you, you've you've talked about the Mayan calendar. You you you've talked about the physics of it, but but really, um, give us a way to pull all this together. Where for someone who hasn't had the pleasure of uh, hearing you speak in person or or your right. other interviews or read the book, that they can kind of get a grip on it. Well, essentially what the argument of hyperdimensional physics is, is that everything come, everything in this universe comes from someplace higher. It comes from the fourth dimension and sort of descends as information into this three-dimensional universe that we live in. And, and without getting into really the gory details that are in the book um, about how that all works, essentially what happens is that, that anything that's in this universe can pull energy from this higher state by spinning. And the interesting thing is, is that everything in the universe is constantly spinning, including every atom in your body has an electron spinning around it. You know, every everybody has, as part of their physical makeup, this um, this rotation. And that that so what that means is that everything is connected to this higher energy source. All of our thoughts, all of our dreams. Um, everything that we generate as human beings in terms of, of who we are, our personalities, our spirits, are connected to this higher dimension. And, and what I talk about on the choice, I go into a, in a lot of detail, is a lot of experiments over the years that have been done. Um, for instance, I'll give you one quickie. Um, was a, a guy named Cleve Baxter who, who actually hooked a plant up to a um, lie detector machine. And he had just kind of let it run for a while, and he thought, I wonder what would happen to this if I burned one of the leaves. And the instant he had the thought, the lie detector went crazy. So somehow he understood that he had communicated to the plant his intent to burn one of its leaves, and the plant 
didn't like that very much. So, uh, you know, again, uh, I, what, what the choice talks about is the fact that there's this theory of physics, exactly how it works, and the fact that we're all connected by this, this energy field, which I believe we can show repeatedly through experiment and prove actually exists that we're all a part of. So, in other words, all this crazy hippie stuff that we've all kind of believed in the back of our minds uh, for a long time is actually supportable through scientific research that's been done. It's just been ignored or not put together in a package um, until I put it together, I guess, in the choice. So what it all comes down to is that, is that the physical reality of this planet, of the Earth, uh, and our state of consciousness is directly connected to the configuration of the other planets in the solar system. Um, it's all driven by spin, and the planets with the greatest spin energy in our solar system are the giant ones, the you know, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, and Neptune. And, and so where they are in their orbits when they make um, triangles and things, what's called a trine in astrology, Thing. That's, a, that's considered a positive aspect, and there's lots of physical scientific experiments to support that they actually quiet the sun down when the planets are in that position and that kind of thing. So what I'm saying is all of this stuff is connected, and, and what I found, I think, in the book is basically I think we can now prove that astrology is real, that not only you know do the planets drive our personalities to a great extent um, and, and create the opportunities and the choices that we're presented with, they also drive the physical reality on this planet. And the interesting thing is is that the astrology, if you look at the interpretations of the 2012 era, which I think will go on for quite a while beyond 2012, it lines right up with what the Mayans say, that this is a period, a special period in human history where we are going to transition and we are going to change, and most importantly, we're going to choose our future, How, what direction the human race is going to go for the next, I don't know, thousand years maybe. So that's in essence... Um, what the idea is, and I, I do support it with a lot of examples of experiments like the one that I gave you. Yeah, I love I love that example. Um, now, we, we went through, uh, what was it, on March 11th, the day of the earthquake, um, a, a planetary uh, alignment or a mm -hmm. movement, right? Um, well, what happened was is that, is that as people, you know, the, the earthquake knocked the earth off of its axis is what they said. And and the, the day was shortened by a few millionths of a second. Now, what I'm arguing is that, no, what's really happening is that we're being hit by this pulse of energy from the center of the galaxy on a fairly regular basis. And we were hit by this pulse of energy, and the Earth reacted to it by shifting on its axis, and that's what actually caused the earthquake. So it's kind of, you know, a debatable point, you know, what comes first, in this case, the chicken or the egg. So yeah, that's. I mean, I guess I would agree with you, but I'm just saying I think it's kind of the opposite of the way it's been interpreted by the the scientific mainstream. Um, I have uh, actually a question. Um, as we get closer to 2012, um, you're saying that the pulse from the center of the galaxy, um, you know, will be hitting the Earth. Um, mm -hmm. So as the pulse hits the Earth, will it uh, continue to shift on its axis? Well, yeah, it, it it could that could be one possible outcome. And one of the things I've, I wanted to talk to people about with 2012 is that you know there's all these different theories. The Earth will topple over us on its axis. The magnetic fields will shift, which will shift all the weather patterns. You know, um, uh, there'll be a giant solar flare that will burn the Earth to a crisp. Uh, we'll go into a new ice age. Um, you know, all we're all right off to the sunset singing Kumbaya. These are all the possibilities, and the reason in my mind that there are so many possibilities is because we haven't chosen yet. We haven't decided yet 
what the outcome is going to be. So one of the things I emphasize in the choice is that this pulse of energy, which which Richard Hoagland did some experiments where, you know, where he he essentially confirmed that this does happen kind of on a nine-day cycle around the December 21st period for, you know, every nine days after that for a while we get hit with this this wave of energy. Um, it's neutral. The thing that's important to understand is that the energy itself is neutral. What it does is it comes here and it, you know, kind of decides where we're at and then it pretty much gives us what we're asking for. You know, we were in a lot of conflict and strife and scarcity during that that period of March, all these different things were going on in the Middle East, and you know we got an earthquake out of it. So um, I think it has to do with the planetary intent. Now, there's another, there's a Mayan legend um, that says that that on December 21st, 2012, that Quetzalcoatl, their god, will, will ride a serpent rope from the center of the galaxy and manifest here in 3D, and he will pass judgment on the human race. Okay, now when people hear that, they get kind of upset because the serpent <laughs> rope, by the way, is the energy wave. And the reason it's like a serpent is because it's it's called torsion and it coils kind of like in that coiling motion the way a serpent does. But what I've tried to point out to people is, you know, it's not a westernized, apocalyptic or, or Armageddon-ish type of judgment. You know, you're good, you're bad, you go to heaven, you go to hell, fire and brimstone. Um the judgment that's going to take place is that when he gets here, he's going to judge what the intent is of our planet. So what I'm trying to get people to appreciate is that the more positive vibe we're sending out, the more prayer, the more love, Mark, you're good at love, you know, the more <laughs> love that goes out into the universe, that's going to be the signal that's going to be received by Quetzalcoatl when he gets here, and it's more likely then that we will get one of the positive outcomes for 2012 as opposed to one of the not-so-pleasant uh, scenarios that are out there. So, um, you know, I think this is a kind of a consistent example because I think at, at this time there was a lot of conflict in the world. Um, there was conflict going on in the United States and Wisconsin. There was conflict going on in the Middle East. And, you know, we got a pretty bad earthquake out of it. So um, hopefully, as we go through this in the next few years, we'll get more people focused on positive energy and putting that out and that's why what you do mark and Ilya, what you guys are doing is so important is because you're waking people up maybe you're not telling them that if they don't do what the world might end but, but you know <laughs> which is not really what i'm saying but i'm saying it's you know there's all kinds of possibilities i'm just saying look we got we have to get focused on the positive and focused on on our better natures rather than our more negative nature selves now let me ask you mike um Kalaman has the date of October 28th of this year. Yeah. What yeah. what's up with that as, you know, every place else or other places I'm reading about December of next year and, you know, I mean, for for just a simple hippie that I am, I I get a little confused. Well, Kalman's not perfect. He's got he's had a few things that he hasn't gotten right, but the, he's got the vast majority of things correct and what he's doing is he's reading the tea leaves on the calendar and, and interpreting it in a certain way. And, um, you know, I have a friend, Sean David Morton, who I, I love dearly, and, and he views it as as the October 28th day date. is it's like, a, it's like the conception of the new world. It's like that's the conception, and December 21st, 2012 is the birth. So if you look at it that way, um, you know, if you look at it that way, then you can say that symbolically that's really what the meaning of this uh it, this is this inter you know the, the, these two different dates are Kalaman does not believe 
in the physics of this, the astronomy of this. He calls people like John Major Jenkins, who's an expert on the calendar, the alignment crowd. You know, But what he doesn't have is the piece that I have, which is all of the physics that backs all this up and the fact that the physics, um, the hyperdimensional physics, uh, aligns perfectly with the astrology of the period. And that physics, that alignment, those alignments say that, no, all through 2012, we're going to continue to have these interesting experiences. And really, that December 21st, 2012 date is important. So he's just missing one part of it. And that's another reason why I felt compelled to write the choice is that after I read his stuff, read up on his stuff, after my experience in 2009, I realized, well, he's missing this part of it, and somebody's got to get out there and say that, no, you know, we've got to keep this positive vibe flowing way beyond um, October of 2011 to make sure that everything comes out the way we want it to. And, and Does that answer so, your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely it does. Okay. Uh, now, I want to bring it back to, you know, practical. Um, you've written this book, The Choice. It's an, an amazing book because of your perspective and your energy and, and just how you craft all of this together. Um, but I want to know, you know, how does Mike Barrett live his life knowing all of this? Like, what? give us an idea of what uh, what you do or 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 energetically how you are. I drink beer and watch sports mostly. Um, <laughs> and chase girls. Yeah, I do. You know, look, the thing is, um, I believe in this with all my heart. I really do. And, and you know, the truth is the universe and I at times, we have a love-hate relationship, you know. Um, I love them and they hate me. No, it's, <laughs> we, you know, we um, – uh, I do rituals. I do things. I do. I, I spend an awful lot of time every day, you know, thinking about um, spiritual matters and focusing on that stuff and communicating with my guides, my higher ups. I'm not happy with the schedule they've got me on right now, and so we're discussing that. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I do this, but I, I live a normal life. I don't spend. I don't. You know, I, I do this within the context of a normal material life. We do live in a three-dimensional material world. I believe we chose to be here and incarnate at this time, to be part of this process that we're all going through. Um, and I see nothing wrong with, you know, with us living in our existence, this existence that we have. I mean, we do need money. Uh, we do need to eat food. You know, um, I just live pretty much like anybody else. And um, and I don't, you know, I don't, I don't completely um, go for the whole spiritual thing. I think everybody's frequency is different. And everybody's path is different, you know. Mark, the way the way you live, as from what I can tell, I mean, I'm just not I'm not that much of a hippie, and I just am never going to be. So it's silly for me to pretend, you know. It's still, I mean, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna walk around barefoot with painted toenails. Let's just put it that way, Mark. So, it's just not me, you know. I'm I'm the guy with the I'm the guy with the Obama T-shirt, you know, with him painted like the Joker, saying, "Do I look like a guy who has a plan?" That's me, you know. I, I like to have I like to joke. I like to have fun. Um, and you know, so I, I don't. I'm not in a panic about what's going on, because I have a lot of confidence that that this is a really deeply spiritual world that we live in now, far more than most people realize. And if you look at the Hopi prophecies and stuff, they talk about the other worlds that came before this that were wiped out in these natural calamities, at least according to them. And those those worlds were were 
empty. They were empty of spirit. They had turned away. And I think what happened was is that those versions of the human race said, this is not working out, so let's wipe the slate clean and start over again. And I don't think we're going to make that choice. So I have a lot of confidence and a lot of excitement, actually, at the future. So I live... You know, I live a pretty average life. I think when we're done here tonight, I'm going to go to my favorite bar, have dinner and a beer, and come back and watch a movie and pet my cats. So nothing (laughs) nothing unusual. (laughs) So, um, you know, for for the average person, um, you know, when they see this kind of stuff about 2012 and, you know, Nostradamus predicting thousands of years ago about, you know, this being an apocalypse, you know, what can they do? Like, what kind of choices can they make in the moment you know, just just to kind of have have a peace of mind. Well, actually, interestingly, Ilya, Nostradamus did not say that about 2012. If if you go deeper into uh, what what he had to say about this period in time, the last thing that that was done uh, that he put out was a painting, I believe, done by his son, and it shows Nostradamus, and it has all the symbolism in it. But the biggest symbol, the most important thing, is that he's he's Nostradamus himself is depicted as standing there holding an, a book, an open book in his right hand, and the pages of the book are blank. And what he's telling us is that the future has not been written yet, and we can do absolutely anything at all um, we want with our future. And, you know, again, as I talk about on The Choice, it doesn't take the entire world or even 50.00001% of us to to choose the, the spiritual way over the material way things to come out right. It, 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 there, all of the ancient religions talk about how a small percentage of people can have a massive influence on on what happens in the world and how the transition happens. And that's what I try to get across at, at Ojai to everybody is that, you know, a hundred people or whatever it was in that gathering that are praying for a better world, a more peaceful world, a more spiritual world, a world with more sharing and giving, on certain days, like during eclipses, that ability that that ability to affect reality and affect change is multiplied by factors of thousands and thousands and thousands so um, I think it's important for people to understand that you can pray every day but on certain days as we come up to 2012 especially eclipses and so forth these are days when your ability to change the world are, are amplified and it takes very few of us to really make all the difference and to set the intent of the planet because a lot of people just aren't going to pay attention Right. I love that. Tell us, uh, tell us, Mike. Just tapping into that, what what are some of the powerful days that that are coming up that we should be uh, paying attention to? Well, there's one more. <clears throat> excuse me, one more partial eclipse uh, this year, and I don't. The date escapes me right now. I can look it up. But um, the most important ones are actually coming up in the year 2012 itself. What's going to happen is a series of really extraordinary. Um, events around May and June of 2012. On May 20th of 2012, there is a a full um, lunar eclipse, uh, sorry, solar eclipse taking place. And it's 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 this is this one one absolutely fascinates me because what what Kalaman, Dr. Kalaman says about this phase of human consciousness, what it's all about is balance, that everything on the earth will come into balance. East and West will be balanced. Masculine and feminine will be balanced. The scientific mind, you know, the heart and the spirit will be balanced. Um, So all these things are going to come into balance. And there's this eclipse that starts literally right off the coast of China. And you you can't define the East any better right now than China. If we, you know, 
China is the dominant force in the East. It starts right off the coast of China. It travels all the way across the Pacific Ocean. The point of, of maximum eclipse is right on the international dateline, which is the dividing line between East and West. And then the eclipse ends on the west coast of the United States, directly over Mount Shasta, California, which is a, a powerful spiritual energy source um, on the planet Earth that lots of ancient cultures realize is a very important spiritual place. So literally that eclipse is physically playing out the balancing of east and west in the same way that he talks about the calendar just kind of happens to say that's what we're going to go through. So that is an extraordinary um, you know, event. And <clears throat> yes, I do plan to be uh, on Mount Shasta on May 20th, 2012, and get as many people up there as they will let us bring up there to pray and meditate for peace and light and change. And then like two weeks after that, um, on June 6th, there is a Venus transit. Now a transit essentially is an eclipse. It's just that Venus is not big enough or close enough to blot the sun out completely the way the moon can. So um, Venus is going to transit across the disk of the sun. This is an extremely rare event. It takes place two times over an eight-year period separated by 142 years, basically, is how it works. And <clears throat> the Mayans, for instance, were absolutely obsessed with the, the motions of Venus. In fact, the beginning of the long count calendar happened um, right around the time of a Venus transit, and now we're going to have another Venus transit right around the end of this 5,125-year cycle. So these events, um, and past Venus transits, I go through in the book, in the choice, I go through a lot of stuff about past Venus transits and how they've affected the weather, how they've, there's been, you know, the last time there, were, there was one time uh, where there was a very major transit in um, 1775, right before the American Revolution. So, again, it, it, what you can kind of see is shift, change, and revolution is driven by these transits of Venus across the disk of the sun. And I think the Mayans really understood that. So those are two dates right there that are going to become crucial, and we need to organize, we, I say, I include you guys in this, you know, <laughs> needed to get together and organize, um, pr you know, prayer events, like the old, the old harmonic convergence in, in 1987, that kind of thing. And like you did at Ojai, but we got to get a bigger audience for this because I think it's really important for the planet. Um, to get as many people together and connected on these dates as we can. I love it. Now, you talked. Uh, what one of the things that that spoke to me uh, when I first, or both times that um, that that we've uh, been together in an event was uh, I, I've been I've been following total solar eclipses since uh, Chile in 1994, and then Vietnam in '96, Aruba in '98. Hungary in 99 and Turkey in 06 and there was something I could never explain about it about the energy um, and I thought okay you know we're, we we go to a lot to get to these places you know none of these are like in California or Arizona or something and and so it's it's really built up in my mind but but you talk about the um actually is it the vibration of the of the planet that that um happens during a, a total solar eclipse? Well, let's talk about um, the Hoagies experiments that I, I referenced earlier. Um, actually, the, the energy itself is an effect called torsion. It's, 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 the, it's the unknown force that mainstream physics will not acknowledge. Uh, but Einstein originally came up with it. I'm not going to go into detailed explanation about what torsion is. I talk about it in the book. But that's, that's what we're getting hit with. We're getting hit with a very directionally specific wave of energy 
um, that's called torsion. Now, what this can do, as I describe in the book, um, during eclipses is really extraordinary. It can make it can make free swinging pendulums, which normally swing with the rotation of the Earth, suddenly start to to rotate very rapidly backwards against the rotation of the Earth, which any modern physicist will tell you is impossible, but yet it has happened. Um, Richard set up some experiments with a very small tuning fork, and what he found was, and this is a very precise tuning fork, which of course is vibrating back and forth, right? And there were sudden spikes of energy for very prolonged periods on these nine-day cycles every time the Earth would come in alignment with the center of the galaxy. Um, so what you're, being, what you're feeling is, is an energy called torsion. It's traveling through the ether. In other words, it's traveling through a higher dimension and coming out and washing over us, as it were, here on the Earth. So, you know, but like I said, when the doorway is open and this energy comes through, it's also a two-way street because we can then send our own energy back out to the universe and say what we want. But that's, you know, the the technical description is that's what you're feeling. And um, and, and it, it really is it, it really is more about spin and rotation and vibration than anything else. So yeah, basically you're vibrating in a different way because you're being touched by this energy coming from the next level up, which uh, which you know physicists don't like to talk about because then you have to start talking about God and they don't want to do that. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, w- I want to bring up uh, 2012 and uh, what you believe, Mike, uh, will uh, will happen after the shift. And, you know, a lot of people say we're going to shift into a higher dimension or, you know, have a golden age. So, so what do you believe personally will happen? Well, I, you know, I don't know. Again, it's up to us to choose, but I'm hoping if we choose correctly that, yeah, we'll have something of a renaissance and a golden age. What I think is that all of the corrupt systems of enslavement, I guess I would call it, that are in place right now uh, are going to collapse. I mean, you know, this is not a coincidence that is coordinated with the passage from the age of Aries into the age of Aquarius. And really, people will tell you, well, that depends on where you draw the line. Well, I think that the the change we're going to experience, this awakening that we're going to have, this apocalypse that we're going to go through, which again is simply an awakening and a revelation, we're going to question um, everything about how we live and how we um, are, are or are not in harmony with the earth. So I think that's going to be an important factor. I think our banking systems are going to probably come under tremendous pressure and, and, and collapse and be replaced by something better you know it doesn't if the banking structure of this of the world collapses right now it, i don't think see that as a bad thing i think it because we can replace it with a better fairer system you know there's a lot of stuff about how money works that we are lied to about and i'm not simply talking about bailouts and things like that i mean again to go to the conspiracy stuff you know i i read i read in the paper that queen elizabeth is having to cancel the christmas party at buckingham palace because she doesn't have enough money and then we spend $600 billion uh, on something that they call qualitative easing two or QE2. And everybody wonders where that money went because nobody knows where it went. It's like, gee, I don't know, QE2, Queen Elizabeth II, do you think that they're doing that right in front of our faces? You know, there's just a lot of things that we've been lied to about. And I think that all those things involving our government and uh, the way we, we've dealt with money are going to 
are going to be replaced by something better. And we have to be aware that it's time for us to choose um, that better way, and we need to start deciding what it's going to be. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think that rather than physical changes, there will be some. I expect there to be really dramatic changes in the structure of our society and our priorities as as a people, not just in our country, but um, but throughout the world. You know, what Dr. Kalaman says is that we are going to become um, part of what he calls the universal consciousness. We're not just going to understand that we're citizens of this world or that we're citizens of the galaxy. We're going to appreciate that we're citizens of this universe, that we're connected to everything. And what a profound change that will have on the human race once we appreciate that fact. Absolutely. And uh, you can, you know, we can see people actually coming together now, even in the Middle East, um, you know, in Egypt, uh, the Christians, uh, you know, were uh, surrounding uh, the Muslims while the Muslims prayed. And there was a lot of, you know, co- cooperation and uh, co-creation going on in the Middle East um, mm-hmm. throughout these exactly. times. So it's amazing to see that happening even now. Mm-hmm. So it's that so, whole thing, like cats and dogs are going to be playing together? Cats and dogs are going to be living together. The thing is, you know, uh, the thing is, change and even chaos don't necessarily have to be bad things because they give you an opportunity to replace it with something better. I mean, there may be parts of the world that choose to stay under autocracy. um, And, you know, there may be some conflict with them for a while. But, you know, I think that we have an opportunity, a really rare opportunity to pick a new direction for us, for ourselves as, as a as a race, and I think that's what we have to focus on and focus our intent on. I mean, what I talk about in the lectures is that, you know, when I talk about the choice, choosing, um, what I tell people is to to really be honest and truthful with yourself about who you are and what you really want, and then ask for that, not just for yourself, but for everybody else. Um, One of the things I hate about The Secret is it's all selfish. It's all about, you know, a big house, a fast car, and a hot girlfriend. And not that there's anything wrong with any of those three things, but you know, um, I wouldn't mind any of those three things. But that, but that's not really doing anything for the rest of the of the planet or the community or your family. So, what I encourage people to do is when they do pray and they do meditate, is to spend some time thinking about what they want for everyone else, what the world is that they want to live in. Not specifically just about what do I want, but what kind of a world do I want to live in? Do I, you know, I don't know. Me personally, I want to live in a world where there's, there's, you know, no crime, and there's a, a lot of peace and abundance, and you know, where there is a lot less control by others over our freedoms. That's that's what I want. So that's what I pray for. That's what I think about. And I love that. And that's like what serves the collective, not just what serves. You know the individual, right? And I mean, again, I don't, I don't, I'm not a collectivist, and I don't, I, I don't, I am an individualist, and I do believe in the, un- the unique, the uniqueness of every human being. I mean, you know, the story of the Tower of Babel talks about how we are all stones. God made us stones. Do not let men turn you into a brick. Okay, stay a stone. That's what I want because every stone is different, but every brick is the same. So I don't want you to think about that. I just want you to think about, hey, you know, it's more than just me. It's more than just what I want. There's the needs of other people that have to be considered too, and you know how what kind of a community do I want to live in and create that for yourself? You know I live in a nice, quiet place, um but not too far from the action and i and I like it i don't you know i I would like things to stay pretty much as they are here, and <laughs> I'm just saying think about others too, not just yourself, 
And to me, you don't have to give up your individuality to do that because every individual is going to have a slightly different vision of the world they want to live in, right? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, another another thing is that, you know, when you help other people, that, you know, you automatically help yourself because what you sure. put out is what you get back. So, I mean, it, it works sure. both ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, Mike, I want to ask you, you you – you mentioned before that uh, in science they don't re- they don't really want to bring God into it, right? Talk, talk to me a little bit about God or or the God force as you refer to it. Yeah, um, well, the God force is really this connecting energy field that I think I pretty well do a good job of proving exists um, in the choice, and what it what it really um, is to me is is the the all-knowing, all-loving, higher force that we all know exists, those of us that do anything spiritual, because we've all felt it, we've all connected to it, we've all, you know, experienced it in our lives. And, you know, to me, it's like, it, it's, it's not necessarily, um, it's not necessarily, I don't adhere to any specific um, concept, Although, you know, who I pray to, my my higher guide is the in, American Indian Great Spirit concept. Um, I didn't choose that. It was apparently chosen for me. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's who I talk to when I want to talk to the, the higher ups. Um and really to me it just it just represents it just represents this force of love that you guys are constantly flowing out of yourselves and bringing other people um into a knowledge of. So that's really all it is. I love it. Now, you've mentioned uh, earlier and, and just now kind of uh, referred to, um, I, I take it that this comment about what was chosen for you refers to an awakening experience that, that you've had. Um, yeah, a couple of different things um, about that. You know, <clears throat> years ago, um, I did did some exercises with some people way back in the 90s, and I was asked to visualize my spirit guide. And the image I got was this this American Indian guy. And then, you know, years later, I talked to some other people and and that were psychic that I that I trusted did really have this ability. And um, and without me mentioning that, they told me that you know. I was connected to Great Spirit, that that was what was watching over me, and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. And I went, oh, of course, that fits. It's perfect. So when I have two separate confirmations like that uh, that are independent of each other, I kind of just go with it. And so that's that's how I came to that conclusion. Now, that doesn't mean I don't have other spirits and entities around me protecting me and guiding me in my life, but um, that's how I came to, to pretty much know, in my opinion, you know, that that's who's around me and that's who's guiding me. Other people will have different spirits because we're we're so diverse here on the earth that you know, I don't think that he's the one guy for everybody. Some people Jesus works great for him. So, more power to you because Jesus is a cool guy too. So. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> now, um you mentioned was it um an experience you had in 2007? No, 2009, and, and 2009. It, it it was really um, that was there was you know I was with somebody else, and um, and contrary to what you may have heard, though they did not have a clear view of the ceiling or the headboard at the time. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it took you a while to get that one. Um, 
I, I was with somebody else, so I don't feel comfortable talking about it. And the other thing, too, is, you know, spiritual experiences, well, I find that when you try to talk to somebody about them, when I put into word, try to put into words how I felt, it, it never describes the actual experience itself and the feeling. So I just don't like to talk about it. it just let me tell you, it, it changed my life. It shifted my focus. It made me start to think about other things that I hadn't really thought about before, and it helped me connect dots that I've never, I had never connected to that point. And that's when, you know, really I knew that I had to, um, to go forward and write this book. The Choice, by the way, available on Amazon.com. <laughs> I really do want everyone to um, – we're not done with the show yet, but I, I will do this plug right now. I really do want everyone to go out and get the book. I'm uh, – you know, when when we decided to do Dream Reality, New Earth Radio, um, we chose for it to be putting out a message of, of hope and and really faith in in humanity and actually – in the opening, I think uh, in that re- uh, recording that Ilya and I knocked out one night at 2.30 in the morning, um, it actually talks about the cho- uh, choice. Um, and so, I-, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and so it's really, I mean, you've had a huge impact on me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> good, well, that's good. <laughs> and so it, it does, it, it, I, I can't say enough about your work, and I think anyone that's, this listening really gets a, a good feel for your energy and, and um, where you're coming from, and uh, you are a, a bright light uh, for all of us. Now, now tell me, what are you, what are you doing these days? I mean, I, I, I hear about, you know, sports and beer and stuff, but uh, you're out promoting the book. Um, what, yeah, what's I, your I'm schedule working, look like? Well, I'm working on promoting the choice. I'm actually working on um, a couple of screenplays that actually have real um, positive light around them that I'm trying to get um, financed, and I think that the, I'm optimistic that they may one or both of them is going to get going to get uh, made here soon at some point, or at least get, get a deal for it. So I'm working on that kind of stuff, and I'm I'm doing uh, uh, at the Bodhi Tree um, in Los Angeles, which I know you're way the heck out in. Where are you, Costa Rica or? Yeah, I'm in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Um, you're way out there in Costa Rica. You're, you can't come, but Thursday night I'm having a book signing at the Bodhi Tree Bookstore. Um, it starts at 7:30 on March 24th, and I'm going to give a little lecture, kind of illustrating a lot of these points I made here today. And then I'm going to, you know, sign books, and so then all those people will have signed books, and you still won't. Too <laughs> <laughs> bad, but you know. And then I've got some other um, book signings and things. All this stuff is up on it's up on mikebarra.com. It's m i k e b a r a, just one r, mikebarra.com. Um, and uh, you know that's so that all these appearances are there, and also on my Facebook, and um, you know I tweet occasionally too. But um, you know mostly that that's kind of what I'm doing. I'm, just, I'm promoting the choice. I'm still talking about it. Um, I may do some more Ancient Aliens programs this next season. I certainly hope so. Uh, that was a great experience. I did a couple of Ancient Aliens episodes this past year. They don't really talk too much about, you know, this stuff, but, you know, it's, it's it, it fits with my, with my, my, my previous background. Um, and really that's, that's it at the moment. Um, and I'm looking forward to the next couple projects that I'm going to be doing. Hopefully, they'll be done this year. I've got a novel out there, so there's all kinds of things floating around that I'm doing. Mm, that's great. Now, you're you've come into contact with a lot of people. 
um, I'm sure many, many, many people have read the book. Uh, what? How is how is the message being received, and and what what kind of feedback are you getting? It must be. Uh, yeah, tell us. Well, among those that are open to it, you know, it's always positive. Um, there is there is one guy who's been obsessed with me since uh, since Dark Mission, and you know, I mean, you can tell a lot about somebody when the first thing that they do is come in and accuse you of being a liar and faking photographs and things like that. And and um, you know, there's this one guy who constantly tries to harass me, but I'm kind of at the point where I just ignore him. You know, um, there's a, another great line from a U2 song um, where. Basically, what uh, the line goes, you know, it's no secret that a liar won't believe anybody else. So that's my first impression. So there's one guy out there that, that kind of makes uh, trying to make a mini career out of chasing me around. But you know, he's got these this list of ten ten questions he wants me to answer, things I got wrong in the choice, and most of them are just ridiculous. He just doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, but I thought what I would do is go through and at some point, you know, because everybody because my critics keep attacking me, and there's anytime you do something, Mark that scares people and anything that challenges the established orthodoxy is going to be frightening to people who have an investment in that orthodoxy and you probably experience this too they're going to get mad at you they're going to attack you they're going to try to bring you down but what i thought i would do is answer all 10 of these questions with charlie sheen quotes you know like you know, <laughs> what, what can i say i was banging seven gram rocks that's how i roll <laughs> you know <laughs> i haven't gotten around to that yet now i've now i see now i've taken the top off of it dang i've blown it now because everybody's going to be waiting for that but, yeah, there's there's one thing where I think I think uh, I met the type New Jersey and I t- I typed like New Hampshire or something, and he's acting like that's a big deal. And probably what happened was there was two keys together, like J and H are right next to each other. I probably just just hit the keystroke and it probably went to autocomplete. And I didn't ever look at it, and my editor never looked at it. So I thought, well, you know, my answer to that is, hey, I was banging seven gram rocks, man. That's how I roll. <laughs> that's why I got it wrong. So, you know, um, but overall, anybody who's open. To what I have to say, um, it's it's really consistent. It's kind of like you guys, where you're just like, wow, you know, I didn't realize there was actual scientific backing for all this crazy hippie crap that I believe. And, um, <laughs> and you I know, work I, no, because mo- <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, most most metaphysical people are really gratified to know that there is like a scientific background to back up everything that they've believed, and there really is not a conflict between science and and spirit. There really isn't. There's a conflict between those people that are spiritual and the scientific materialists who do not want to acknowledge the scientific evidence that proves and backs up all this metaphysical stuff that we've all believed, you know, for a long time. So pretty positive, really, overall. I love it. Um, I wanted to uh, go back to what you were saying about um, how it, it's hard to describe, you know, the feeling uh, that you have during uh, some of your spiritual experiences to other people, and, um, you know, that just got me thinking with the shift and everything. It seems to me that, you know, people are getting more in touch with their feelings and connecting more to their heart. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I would absolutely, you know, agree with you that, you know, it's not always easy to describe to people how, you know, certain spiritual experiences feel, but I think people are definitely opening more to, you know, their feelings and, you know, just expressing, you know, what's in their heart and speaking from their heart um, as opposed to speaking from their brain. 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually, again, that that is all. It's in the book. It's all inherent in the physics and in the astrology of what of what we're going to go through as a species here. And the thing that's really important for you guys and for all your readers to understand is that this is going to keep happening. More and more people are going to wake up, and they're going to need those of us that are already awake to be there to guide them to some sort of spiritual center when they don't know what to do. I mean, a lot of people are going to start to have spiritual experiences that have never really ever had them or at least never allowed themselves to think about them. And those people are going to be very disturbed by that, and they're going to need the rest of us. They're going to start coming to us, and this has already happened to me. And they're going to need us to put to put you know our arm around them and say, you know, I don't know what's going to work for you, but this is what I do. This is where I. This is the church I go to. This is this is these are the prayers that I say. These are the crystals that I meditate with, or whatever. And and let them see if that works for them. And they will, if they start to pursue and start to look, they will find their frequency. And everybody's is is probably slightly different. You know, I mean, I I again, I for me, I. I know a lot of people, they love, you know, Indian music and Indian spirituality, but I mean, I go to see Amachi, and she's a wonderful person. I don't know if you know who she is, but she's she's the hugging saint, and she's a wonderful person, and, but the Indian music just drives me insane. I just, I can't, I can't stand it. So it's not, but, it, but I look around, and there's all these people that are really into it, and it works for them. It just doesn't work for me. I have to find, I have to find my frequency somewhere else, and I, I have other things that work for me. So again, be prepared because more and more people are going to start coming to you saying, what do you think about this 2012 thing, and what do you think about God, and why did this happen to me? You know, um, right. more and more miracles are going to start happening, too. Yeah, and uh, actually, it's funny because I was talking to my mom just the other day, and, you know, she's saying how she was reading something on this Russian website, and, you know, they're putting out all this fear stuff, and, you know, it's it's really scaring a lot of people, and you're right, you know, people are going to be starting asking questions, um, and, you know, it's up to us to, to tell them that, you know, there are many ways, many paths, um, you know, as long as, you know, just, just don't buy into the fear, and, you know, follow your heart. You know, there are as many paths to God as there are people, I think. And the important thing is just to find what your path is and, and follow it. And the important thing is to follow the path. You know, just go down a path, whatever it is. Yeah, just, you know, surrender and, you know, allow great spirit to flow through you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, again, you know, and, and I mean, I talk about this in the book, What what actually really works for me is is you too. I can't help it. I, I, some about the music just puts me, it puts me into this spiritual state, you know, and they have a great song for the last album. It's called Moment of Surrender. And a lot of people are going to be hitting their moments of surrender here where they're just going to, they're just going to shift. And again, they're going to need us to take their hand or put our arm around them and say, let's go try this and see how you feel about that. So. I love your resonance uh, with you too. I I absolutely honor that. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's my thing, you know. Um, it's just my thing. I mean, I'm, I got I got to be part Scottish Irish because I've got red hair and freckles. So. <laughs> sure. Now, um, in in the chat room, we're getting a, a question for you. And uh, Dream Master One says, "I'd be very interested in what Mike's dream state is like." 
Oh, that's a great question. Um, okay, I'm going to tell you because it, it shifts. I mean, right now, like I said, I'm not cooperating with the universe right now. They've got, they're on my shit list right now. Can I say that? I'm sorry. Did I, say, uh, I guess you <laughs> did. I just did. They're they're kind of on my my not so great list right now. Um, some things are not working out the way I want them to, and, um, and and so I'm not really having a lot of interesting dreams right now. But but there are, of course, this, these are this shifts. You know, I go through moods. I, I, you know, but this this shifts back and forth for me, and I just I'll just tell you honestly that you know I shift in and out. But um, there were two occasions this past year where I was uh, I was going through a difficult personal time um, in some ways and in some aspects of my life. And you know there were times a couple times. One time I came home and I was just like, you know, I, I literally was just talking to the universe. I was talking actually directly to Great Spirit. Um, and I just said out loud, I said, you know, I, I just, this is just too hard. I, I'm struggling too much. I'm in too much pain. You got to give me something. I, I, I You got to give me something. I just, I, I need something right now. I need a break. I understand why this is all happening, but it hurts too much. You got to give me a break. And I, went, I laid down and I went to bed um, and I fell asleep. And that night I had a dream that was uh, so powerful and vivid and I woke up and I voice memoed the whole thing, and it was essentially a, an idea for what will either be a novel or a screenplay, um, a, a complete front-to-back story with all the characters in it. And I, I believe now, I, understand, I believe now, this is actually a life that I led, uh, some aspect of me and other people in my life. But it was like it, it was so weird because I remember waking up, going, "This this whole story was right there in front of me." And so the universe just said, "Okay, here you go, write this, and it will give you some of the things you're looking for." Is what they were telling me. And I had a similar experience a few months later when I asked again, and I got another whole story front to back in this incredibly beautiful, vivid dream. So I guess um, I guess one of the things now is I'm just not I'm not feeling that down. I'm not feeling in that state I'm maybe not as open or vulnerable but from time to time I mean I just get I get everything and and the gifts that I've been getting in dreams primarily are communications with people that I love that I can't I have not been able to have face to face but I can talk to them in my dreams um or like that a complete a complete gift and I mean these are projects that are definitely I'm going to write that I'm definitely that I'm positive are going to be successful so um you know, that's those are some of my more interesting dream experiences, I guess. I got it. I got another question here uh, from our chat room uh, about uh, your opinion on outer dimensional planing. Um, I don't think I quite know what that is, but I will probably equate it to astral travel, if that's correct, which is kind of sleeping, meditating, and traveling into other planes and other dimensions, right? I guess that's what we're talking about. Yeah, Anybody I think uh, uh, what I got here when I asked for a little clarity, because I had no clue what that was, was yeah. um, outer dimensional entities that you may... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, interesting. Okay, that's really interesting, too, because, um, you know, I, I, rem I remember having a very vivid dream when I was a young boy um, of being chased by a flying saucer. And I have this friend who's incredibly psychic. She's actually a pet psychic, and I'm going to write a book with her someday. 
soon. Um, and I asked her about it, and she said, yeah, it did happen. And what it really was was it was that you were asleep and you were astrally traveling. And, you know, the dream is completely unique. I've never had anything remotely like that experience. So I would say, yeah, people do travel that way. They do have experiences. But interestingly, I was not supposed to be where I was. And what I was told is that since then I've been protected from anything like that. So I don't do that. <laughs> I don't go anywhere anymore. I have friends who do, and, and I, I know them. I have one friend, and she, she tells me sometimes about the, her experiences, and I, I can, you know, I can, I, when I'm, I've actually seen her do this. So um, it, it's, kind of, it's kind of weird. It certainly does happen. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to happen in a dream state. Um, I know some people that are going to write some really great books on it. Susan Chomsky, Dr. Susan Chomsky is a friend of mine, knows a lot about astral travel. It's kind of dangerous, though, from what I understand, because you can get into contact with ne- contact with negative entities, and there are negative entities out there. Um, and I don't do it anymore. It's funny. I've always wondered, you know, why I never see a flying saucer, because I've always wanted to my entire life. And, you know, I remember some experiences at, uh, like, the Bay Area UFO Expo, my friend Jordan Maxwell comes up to me and he goes, Mike, Mike, everybody's out there. There's a, there's a flying saucer out there. And I say, it ain't going to be there when I get there, Jordan. And I walk out and I, everybody's looking up. And then they go, right when I step up there, they go, oh. And it's left. I mean, it literally just left before I walked out. And I think it has to do with this protective bubble that I have around me. So I've just kind of said, okay, you know, I wasn't ready for it. It's really not part of my contract, I guess, for this lifetime. So, um I don't know. I tell you what, if I do ever see a real legitimate flying saucer, you better watch out because that means things are getting weird, really weird. So, I mean, that's just my my opinion. I'm just saying I had an experience like that as a very young boy. It's always stuck with me, and I feel like it's completely legitimate. Um, and that's really not my area of expertise. Other people are better at it than I am, but, but that's my answer. And we're going to hold you to it. <laughs> okay, guys. That was um, awesome. Ilya, yeah. you got something there? Yeah, I, I wanted to mention that, um, you know, a lot of people in this uh, quote-unquote alternative community say that, you know, as we get closer to 2012, more and more UFOs are going to be uh, appearing in the skies. And, right. Um, some some people actually say that on December 21st, um, the quarantine will be lifted and the whole sky will be filled with flying saucers. And, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, but I definitely feel that, you know, as we get closer, we will be seeing more of them uh, every day. Yeah, you know, one, one idea is that we will shift into a state of consciousness that will simply allow us to see what has been there all along, um, which may look to us like flying saucers. So that's one way to look at that, that possibility. Um, and, of course, there's the conspiracy people who say that there's going to be a fake invasion by aliens was mm. going to be one of the scenarios. So that's, that's possible. Um, but the truth is, Ilya, is that UFO sightings have been increasing all over the world. There have been these massive UFOs sighted over Chicago, over uh, Moscow. There was a giant tetrahedral pyramid that floated over over Moscow for like a day and a half. And right. there's video of this stuff on YouTube. And, and again, tetrahedrons, in the hyperdimensional physics, the geometry of the tetrahedron, a four-sided, equal-side pyramid, is really important in this whole um, 
geometry of how hyperdimensional physics works. Um, that was cited over over that there was over Moscow. There was big sightings in China, um, and I think there was also one in Chile. So there, you know, again, these kind of things are going to happen more and more. New York City, there was a big sighting of something just up there, and it kind of stopped traffic for a while. But then people see this and they go, "That's really weird," and then they kind of just go back to watching The Simpsons, you know. So, um, <laughs> but it's going it, to it. Part of what may happen is it may get to the point that there may be so many sightings going on that we simply aren't going to be able to ignore them. It's like those of us that are still sleeping are going to be forced into a state of wakefulness by things just getting so weird. You know, I think at Ojai I told people, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if if we started seeing aliens walking down the street and all of a sudden they'd just be gone, but you know, they were sure as hell there 30 seconds ago when I looked across the street and saw him, you know, saw Krill walking down the street with his probe in hand or whatever he might be <laughs> Yeah, remember about alien abduction experiences. If you wake up face up, it's probably going to be a good experience. But if you wake up face down... <laughs> I so appreciate uh, your humor, Mike. Not, I that I, not, that I want to, not, not that I want to say, you know, not that I want to make light of anybody's uh, painful experiences because some of these can be kind of painful. <laughs> right, I sh- shouldn't... Well, no, emotionally painful, too. I mean, I'm serious. That's, you know... I, not to make light of it, although I, I just did. Let's just be honest about it. Well, I think it is. It's okay for us to have fun, and we're not doing it at the expense of anyone else. I do want to ask you. You know, we're uh, still in this um, ongoing tour of love, uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Dreams Universal Love uh, tour, and um, looking at some dates coming up for some things in Southern California. Would you be interested in? Uh, Joining us uh, and uh, presenting at uh, some some uh, events with us. Well, you guys know how much I hate you both, so no. <laughs> of course I would. That's, you know, come on. Of course I would. Yeah, I'd love to, and I love the you know I love the resonance that we have, and and what I love about your your audiences is that they're so different than most of mine. And when I talk to them about this stuff, I just see everybody going, oh, I get it, oh, I get it. And, and I didn't know that. And, and they feel so, you know, they seem like they feel really um, glad to know that there is this, this actually really is a scientific backing for all the stuff that they've believed in for so long. So, yeah, I'm in, man. Count me in. Just let me know when and where, and I'll be there. That's great. It's a, it's a powerful message. And maybe you and I can meet up at um, my Vietnamese nail place and we can get your toenails done before now. <laughs> that's, um, that's extremely unlikely, Mark. <laughs> you can well, get yours done, but, you know, not do, not going there, I don't think. I already I have got, an hearing. That's already weird enough for an engineer. Come on. I'm uh, I'm with you, but as you say, you know the times are getting weird, and so uh, yeah. you know if we do see Mike Barrett with painted toenails, we will know that uh, you know stuff's really really happening. You know, it's theoretically possible that if an extremely fetching feminine presence wanted to paint my toenails, I might let her do that under certain circumstances, but no, nobody would ever see them, Mark, except me. So. <laughs> That's what but, you know. That, that's what it took to get me there, and it's just something that's um, that stayed. But uh, so before we before we close out, uh, is there anything else that um, that we haven't touched on that you uh, want to uh, to share with everyone? Or um, you know, of course, right at the end, we'd like to get your your website and uh, your cell phone number and social security number and different things like that, so we can stay in touch with you. You can have that uh, stuff, yeah. Well, um, 
Yeah, first of all, I'd like to give a shout-out to Captain Kirk, William Shatner, who turns 80 today, and Star Trek oh inspired me to, to a lot of things in my life, and I'm just kind of looking at that on the web right now and going, wow, Shatner's 80. That's just like, wow, Kirk is 80. Um, no, I basically, yeah, my website is, is mikebarra.com, www.m-i-k-e-b-a-r-a.com, just one R. Um, and you can get links there to my Facebook page, my Twitter, my YouTube channel. There's little icons at the bottom of the main page. And friend up with me on Facebook. And, you know, I've got the book signing coming up on Thursday in Los Angeles. If you're in the Los Angeles area, come to the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, B-O-D-H-I. And um, I'll give a lecture with some visuals to kind of explain some of this stuff. And I'll be signing books for everybody except Mark, as we pointed out earlier. Um, and beyond that, uh, you know, no, I really I think that the important thing to understand is that the key point, you know, is that this is a, a shift in our way of thinking. And what's, what's going to cause the shift is the revelation of things that have been held secret during the occult age of Pisces. And we're going to start waking up and saying we want things to be different. And it's really important just for everybody to participate in something like your tour of love. Uh, and get connected to their inner self and discover who they really are and what they really want and be honest about you know the good things and the bad things um, about yourself and be true to yourself you know you you are here for a reason you're here to participate and you know why why give up your vote in how the apocalypse comes out you you have a right to it that's why you incarnated here put it to good use and you know choose for yourself and for your your family and your friends and your community and your city and your country and your planet and choose in a in a positive way and everything will although it will be interesting will uh, will work out in the end and we will um come out on the other side with a much better planet than we had before that's my message and my hope and my advice ah that is so awesome i am so thrilled that you've been um our guest uh, since everything went well tonight, I can call you the guest, and Illy and I can take full credit for this one. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and uh, it means a lot. And 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 what means the most to me, uh, Mike, is that you're out there spreading a, a message of of hope and uh, faith, and most of all, uh, empowerment. And that is that that each of us have the opportunity to make a difference. Um, and all it takes is stepping up as the individuals that we are, um, and, uh, and, and, and we get to have that impact. And so thank you so much uh, for being here. I get back in, um, I guess, a week from Thursday, and I will be in touch with you. And, uh, yeah, we'll lock down, we'll lock down some dates. Um, I look forward to, uh, to, to co-creating some fun events with you. That sounds just wonderful, and enjoy that that hot Caribbean sun, and um, don't have too much fun while you're there. No, go ahead, go ahead and have too much fun. It's fine. Okay, but I'll tell you about right. it when I get back. Okay, thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Mike. Love you both. Love Bye. you. Love you. Well, Ilya? Well, I guess uh, we did it again. We we <laughs> we did not to pat ourselves on the back or anything, but uh, we did do it again, and we have a uh, a very special guest on the show next week. But um, we're going to wait and and announce that uh, in the next couple of days. Uh, we'd like to do it with all due fanfare, and you know I like to do things uh, teasing a little bit up front, so uh, that'll be exciting to look forward to. Now we have. Uh, 
well, I can't say we have because we haven't figured out how to do a uh, a joint Ustream broadcast like we can um, on the the radio broadcast. But tomorrow uh, at um, uh, boy, I'm just, <laughs> I should have notes in front of me. Really, <laughs> at six thirty uh, Pacific time is the. Um, Video broadcast that we do, it's at uh, www.drdream.com forward slash broadcast. And tomorrow night's topic is look within or go without. And uh, again, a very uh, energetically empowering message. And uh, so hope everyone will will join us uh, tomorrow night. Uh, You'll be there, right, Ilya? Absolutely. I will uh, be there with you, supporting you, and I will... You'll be monitoring the uh, the chat room, I believe. Yeah, I will definitely be doing that, and I'll be letting you know um, second by second exactly what's going on. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I can always count on you. That's so awesome. So uh, I'm wondering if there's, there's anything else for us to um to report on before we we sign off. We've got uh 2 minutes before uh our our show is is complete. Um any anything uh, on your end uh you know that's uh, energetically um vibrant? I I just want to uh share and express my love and gratitude to everyone that's listening in and joining us and um you know, not just hearing our words, but feeling our energy and feeling our love, um, because we are, you know, stepping into a place of feeling more and more. And so it's just um, beautiful to be able to uh, give and also receive uh, that love. And um, yeah, uh, do, do we want to share any of the events that we have coming up uh, with, with anyone that's listening at this time? Do we have anything locked down that we can talk about? We have um, certainly Lightning in a Bottle is a big event coming up in Orange County over the Memorial Day weekend. We have the uh, Harmony Festival the weekend of uh, June 10th. Uh, I was on a a two-and-a-half-hour call um, related to Burning Man yesterday. We'll be at the Red Lightning Camp uh, at Burning Man uh, in June, Argentina, Peru, Bolivia, and Mexico. And Mexico, and uh, gosh, oh, May 20th, the weekend of May 20th, uh, we have a Breakthrough to Empowerment with Laura Fredrickson in uh, in Los Angeles. And sounds to me like uh, we're going to be connecting with uh, with Mike and uh, taking the, uh, the the tour of love with uh, with Mike Barron, having some fun with that. So definitely watch the websites and and. And Facebook, and uh, know that uh, we're out there doing our part, and uh, we expect uh, you all to to be out there doing your part, and that's what that's what makes it all work. Absolutely, or play, it is. Yes, we don't work anymore. We we only play. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love it. So, Ilya, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for for grounding this energy there in Southern California as uh, I'm grounding it here in Costa Rica. And lots of love to everyone. And uh, tomorrow night, drdream.com forward slash broadcast. 
live video from Costa Rica, Look Within or Go Without. Thank you so much, and good night. Thank you. Much love.